one semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll be talking about Dippin' Dots. And I'll be talking about the disappearance of Jennifer Rothwell. Two equally serious cases. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to hear about Dippin' Dots. Are you? I fucking love Dippin' Dots. Did you bring Dippin' Dots for the class today? I didn't. And I said that I would. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> TBC, as they say. To be continued? That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, you really furrowed your brow at that one. That was a tough one. Um, yes, I I was ready for a light case. Yeah, we need it. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I t- well, no, I'm not going to spoil my case. Don't spoil before it. I get into it. I, I'm very excited, though. Wait, is this like a proprietary situation? Don't fucking worry or did somebody, about it. Were they sued because somebody burned themselves with the nitrogen? Someone dipped their dick in the dipping Dots. <laughs> It didn't say not to do that. On That's the exactly right. And they're like, if I had known that I wasn't supposed to do this, then I wouldn't have done it. And, you know, that's the story of the downfall of Dippin' Dots. <laughs> Dipping Dippin' Dots still going strong. Pretty sure I, there was a stand at the mall the other day when I was there. The mall? What yeah. year is this? When well, did you okay. go to a mall? I went to the mall. I accompanied my sister to the mall so she could visit one store. Um, and we took oh, like, a wait. direct route. Why are you speaking about your sister as if she's a little old lady? I accompanied her to visit <laughs> one store. Which which store was it? Uh, we went to Torrid at the mall okay. so she could try yep. on some clothes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I went to help, you know, help her pick out some new some new duds as they say. <laughs> that's what all the kids are saying would you pick out like some corduroy jacket no <laughs> they were fresh out of corduroy jacket they were fresh out fresh that's out. too bad she was been pissed we did pass a dip and dot stand it was not open though so mm. i was pretty upset had it been open would you have partaken I would have at least considered. <laughs> okay. Okay, very you good. You can't just get Dippin' Dots any old where. Okay, I agree. I personally feel like it's not a mall snack. I, I could eat it at a mall. I mean, well, first of all. I could eat it on a on. call. I know. I, I could eat it anywhere. <laughs> but I feel like it's an amusement park It thing. is. It is. Um, it's we, an event thing. Yeah, we typically get them at the zoo when we mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we do an ad? We probably should, <laughs> and it's not for dipping. <laughs> Brenda, Brenda, Brenda. You know what we did this week? Oh, we released a new bonus episode. Darn tootin'. Sure did. Um, what we, we talk about on Well, it? we had an accidental theme. We did have a theme. It was old-timey episodes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right, kisses. I covered a bit of a sex scandal. You did. Mm-hmm. And I covered... Mm. Oh. Mm. Mm. First of all, what do you fucking think she covered? Family Annihilator, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But this time it had a twist that felt it like was, a gift a twist. to me. There was a twist. It was a gift to you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you all know that sometimes when you kill your whole family, it's because of pot? Yeah. <laughs> knew <laughs> yeah no one knew but you're gonna have to listen to this story and to listen to it all you have to do is join our patreon at the five dollar level or higher what else happens at that level you get Brandy? into the discord 
to chitty chat the day away. That's exactly right. At the $7 level, you get all that, plus you get a monthly Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's happening tonight, which I realize if you're hearing this. It's uh, already it's happened. Already, ooh, it's already We're coming past. to you from the past. <laughs> but sense. sign up now so you don't miss the next one. This is just a ghost giving you a warning. Anyway, <laughs> we're the ghost of Christmas yeah. past. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Duh. <laughs> it took me a second anyway, to get there. also you get inducted at the end of this podcast, and you get a sticker, and you get a card with our autographs That's on it. That's right. Value of fifty thousand dollars. Oh, who's valued at, the, at Shut that? Shut up. Oh, okay. That's not for you. <laughs> God, you would not be welcome at a company like Theranos or any of these other companies that fascinate me. Yeah, you would be uh, fired for having a bad attitude. You're right. I would mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the last level. The last level is the Bob Moss level. What happens at that level? Oh, my gosh. You get all that stuff we already talked about. Plus, you get ad-free episodes and you get them. A day early. And? 10% off merch. Woo! Also, your butthole tightens. <laughs> and that's a guarantee. <laughs> And if it doesn't happen for you, please write to Brandy directly at no, her home. Her home you. address is. Don't dox me. What if I doxed you? But really, the only thing was you just got very sincere letters of being like, people like, being like, "Look, I'm, I joined. It's been two months now. My butthole's no tighter." And believe me, I've checked. <laughs> I'm measuring it daily. I'm what always kind, what dilated. Kind of measurement would you? Um, I would say coins, right? <laughs> How else are you to do it? Okay, I was thinking, wouldn't you do it like reverse dilation? What do you mean? Okay, so <laughs> this is getting too technical. <laughs> Please don't bring any science into this. <laughs> A series of of cylinders that you would well, sure. insert into your butthole, yeah. and you know, as it gets tighter, you have to move down to a smaller cylinder. Well, what do you think my coin system was? You don't start with the quarter, okay? But how are you putting the coin in there? What do you just lose it right up there? Well, maybe you do like a tea bag situation. <laughs> <laughs> you tie you tie a string to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? This is why I never include you in my brainstorming <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Everybody, you got to go to Brandy with the finished product. <laughs> Don't tell her you put a dime in a tea bag. <laughs> She'll think it's stupid. <laughs> anyway, are you ready to You don't think you're getting a dime up your butt? <laughs> huh? Well, you got to start somewhere. Listen, I don't want to hear about your gaping butthole that could easily swallow up a roll of half dollars. Okay? Some of us would just be squeezing in a Blinkens, okay? It's a penny. I know! There, have you been butthole shamed enough? (laughs) I think I have. (laughs) Alrighty. What's the biggest coin? (laughs) 
Oh, you know, sometimes when you go to like a, a historical place, they'll have like a souvenir, like a souvenir penny. And oh, those like things a flattened are huge. penny? Yeah, those things yeah. are huge. They are pretty big and oblong. <laughs> so, I mean, that would obviously be the I've last. I've seen like a silver dollar because, you know, you ever seen a silver dollar pancake? It's pretty big. <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> so, that'd be a good choice. <laughs> All right. Shout outs to no one. Oh! Absolutely no one requested this case. <laughs> this here is a gift to myself. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm sorry to say I have to do the one-sided disclaimer. Oh, all of this comes from one source. <laughs> um, Not all of it, but the vast majority, like the most in-depth source I found on this was the episode of the podcast, How I Built This, mm. for their episode, Dippin' Dots, Ooh. colon, Kurt Jones. Mm. And I know you always tell me that you don't need to mention the colon, but you punctuation don't. matters, you Brandy. You don't have to say the colon aloud. <laughs> <laughs> don't colon shame me. And I won't butthole shame you. How about that? How about that's the rule for the rest of this episode? Okay, great. I won't colon shame you. You don't anus shame me. Everyone, this is a court podcast. (laughs) It's a very serious show. Anyway, so it's a little one-sided. I've wanted to do it for a million years. This is kind of like the, excuse me, what are you looking at, ma'am? Nothing. What are you looking at? Nothing. Whose OnlyFans account are you on right now? I trying to remember which ad we had next, and I was going to pull up that copy just so I could have it ready to go. I'm sorry. I was trying to be prepared. I'm like a Boy Scout. Wow. You mean molested? (laughs) (laughs) I just watched a documentary. I mean, that's – I'm not the one who did it. They did. (laughs) Can we talk about different Yep, Boy Scouts turns out very problematic organization. Weird. I thought if you got a whole bunch of dudes together, it'd be fine. Apparently not. Anyway, we might have to cut that whole thing. Um, okay, so yeah, it's it's a little one sided, but I think it's a good story, Brandy. Okay, I'm, and I hope you agree. I'm sure that I will. What if you don't? I won't tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, also, thank you to the article. Is Dippin' Dots still the ice cream of the future? Ooh, oh, but, but shady is it lady. the future is now? Oh. <laughs> That's by K. Annabelle Smith. For Smithsonian Magazine. Do you think she's related to this? Yes, I think she's quite wealthy. I think she's descended. I think her great great grandpapa was Mr. <laughs> Smithsonian. Kent Smithsonian. <laughs> anyway, picture it. <laughs> this is this might be our dumbest start it to an might episode. Be. Uh, I don't know. We did start an episode talking about a butthole-looking contest. Yeah, so. which you uh, you thought you'd win. You were like really cocky about it. Hmm. I don't recall it going quite like that. Okay, well, picture it. We're on a farm in Grand Chain, Illinois. Oh. That's where Kurt Jones lived with his parents and grandparents and his two sisters. They had it a little rough. Farming can be stressful. They never went hungry, but the family was very aware that their livelihood depended on a lot of factors that were outside of their control. Things like weather... Crops, disease, some dude hopping the fence and trying to hug all the cows. What? 
<laughs> just trying to clean up a story for people. It's a family podcast. Oh, okay. But the years passed. <laughs> I've never seen you so horrified. The years passed and Kurt grew up. And in high school, he met a girl named Kay, and they went with each other for five years before they eventually married. Mm. He's the kind of guy who says, we went with each other. I, that's mm. so sweet. Is it? Yeah, that's sweet. Oh, okay. What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, I mean, sorry. So that's sweet. Yeah, that's like an old, old-timey old oh, okay. phrasing. Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After high school, Kurt went to Southern Illinois University to study microbiology which some say is just as prestigious as getting a communications degree. Randy? <laughs> Do it's, obviously, they? it's obviously not quite as prestigious, but, you know, everybody's got to try. <laughs> Kirk got his bachelor's degree and his master's degree in microbiology. And he and Kay had a daughter named Tracy, whom they no doubt welcomed into their home, mm-hmm. as one does. Mm-hmm. And in 1986, Kirk got a job at Alltech. Alltech is, of course, located in Nicholasville, Kentucky, and it develops agricultural products for use in both livestock and crop farming. And I would tell you more, but I find it boring. (laughs) Kurt was hired as a biological researcher, and he worked with these big vats of liquid nitrogen. His job was to take the probiotics you find in yogurt and freeze-dry them, which turned them into a powder and then add them to animal foods so that the company wouldn't have to use antibiotics. Okay. One day, Kurt started experimenting a little, as they say in the science biz. Mm -hmm. He found that if you dribble... What was his hypothesis? I think he was just fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) But in the science world, you get to say experimenting. Mm, Okay. Hmm. So he found that if you dribbled a little of the substance in, into the liquid nitrogen, you could get these little pellets instead of a big blob. Mm. Neat. (laughs) He said, what if I did this with ice cream? Slow the fudge (laughs) down, ma'am. We've got a rocky road ahead of us. (laughs) Sorry. Over time, Alltech expanded. Kurt worked longer and longer hours. It cut into his time with his family. But he always had the weekends. And on the weekends, Kurt and Kay and Tracy loved to make ice cream. Kurt had always loved to make homemade ice cream. Nothing compared to it. Nothing compared. (laughs) Nothing compared. (laughs) That's what he would sing to the ice cream as he was churning it. Uh, Yeah. Which is weird because that song hadn't been written yet. (laughs) (laughs) So they'd have neighbors over and they'd all just sit around eating ice cream. Oh, what a good time. You ever make homemade ice cream? Oh, my God. One of my uncles did all the time growing up. It was like the best. Yeah, my dad makes homemade ice cream. It's so good. Oh, my God. There's no comparison. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. My dad's homemade ice cream. Um, Yeah. What I love. Homemade vanilla. Homemade peach cobbler. Oh, oh, shit. I know, right? That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, I will tell you that when I finished the script yesterday, I demanded that Norm take me out for ice cream. <laughs> I 
mean, you just can't hear about ice no. cream nonstop and Absolutely. not, you know, have to have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you like it, love it, gotta have it? I knew you were going to say that. I went to Andy's. Thank you very mm. much. Did you get that strawberry shortcake sundae? Uh, no, very rude. They were out of that. Oh. Um, I got the key lime pie concrete. I'll have you know that one of my good clients works for Andy's, and I registered my complaints with him about the strawberry shortbread sundae. What? Yeah. That's like one of their best things. He said said that exact same thing. It's one of our best sellers. He Uh said, I hate it too. He said the consistency of Mm -mm. the shortcake is all wrong. No. He's like, it's like cornbread. Nobody wants cornbread. Um, Except for everyone does because it's one of their best sellers. He said what a lot of people do though, and this may have been what I should have done, is they order extra goo. Ew. What the fudge does that mean? The strawberry goo. Okay, well, just say extra <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> no, you don't need extra strawberries. You just need extra strawberry goo. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think it's very obvious to me that your client was just being nice to you. I mean, he's a very nice young man. Exactly. Yeah. He was just being nice to you. No. And in his head, he was thinking, he wow, said, this woman is a nut. He said they cook it in store, and so it gets overcooked all the time because nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. And he had to stop one going out the window the other day uh-huh. because it was burnt. <laughs> he, like, literally stopped it. It was like a new employee, and the employee was like, he was like, hey, you know, just, you know, make sure we're, we're making this with, like, the the... You know, we don't want to send out, you know, overcooked shortbread. Yeah. And the kid was like, okay, so should I not give this to the customer then? <laughs> he was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Let's go ahead and remake that one. You know what? That's a good young man. He's yeah. looking out for people. Yeah. All right. Well, that yep. was a worthwhile tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Kurt loved ice cream. But one thing he didn't love was how icy it was. Mm. And he knew, because of science, that the way to get rid of that icy taste was to get the ice cream to freeze faster. Is there an icy taste? In- okay, okay, hear me out. Uh, I think that means he's over-churning it. Oh, blow it out, your massive butthole. <laughs> I'm sorry, I already I shamed you and yeah. I said I wouldn't. <laughs> no, here's, here's what he means. Okay, so you know how, like, you go, you get custard or whatever and then you put it in your fridge at home and sometimes it'll get that those little icy particles on it yeah that's because your fridge at home or your freezer at home is not as cold as like an ice cream shop and so it freezes more slowly and at time it takes to freeze more slowly it gets all these ice crystallies all over it you're looking at it what you blinded me with science (laughs) (laughs) Blinded me with science. (laughs) So he was thinking about that one day when a light bulb came on above his blonde head. Eureka, he probably shouted. (laughs) He put some ice cream mix in a mason jar and headed off to work. He brought it over to the liquid nitrogen and dropped the mix in drop by drop by drop by drop. Did his employer know he was doing that? No, it was top secret because he was a bad boy. (laughs) I just – I would never do that because I imagine that's against the rules. You are – I tell you what, you're never going to come up with Dippin' Dots. You're right. I'm never inventing Dippin' Dots. (laughs) He looked at it and thought, hmm, 
looks kind of cool. They were these little cold pellets of ice cream. He grabbed some and immediately chowed down, which, as it turned out, was a terrible idea because it had literally just been in the liquid nitrogen and it basically fused his tongue to his teeth. Yeah. But as soon as those ice cream pellets warmed up a bit, he was blown away. He loved the texture. It was so smooth. It is. He <laughs> Sure wish I had some dippin' dots right now. <laughs> Did some bitch promise you some? <laughs> he couldn't help but think that he'd come up with something special. In a traditional ice cream, if you want to make it more creamy, you either add air to it or you increase the butter fat. But he'd found a way to make super creamy ice cream without diluting the flavor or adding more butterfat. A magician. He's an ice cream magician. Yes. Or a mad scientist. Who's to say? That's right. Fine line. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, this ice cream was so fun. Pellets are more fun than scoops, Brandy. That's a fact. Mm. Whoa. Oh, yes, they are. Yes, little dots of ice cream are way more fun than scoops of ice cream. (sighs) Present your case. Okay, I'm just picturing Mm -hmm. like a big scoop of Rocky Road where you get the actual marshmallows in there. You're Mm -hmm. not getting that in Dippin' Dots. All right. You've made an excellent point. He brought some home to Kay, and she tried it, and she liked it. This could be big. Had Kirk just revolutionized the ice cream game? Ooh! He took the idea to his boss at Alltech and was like, Hey, I'm basically an ice cream genius now. How would you like to be a part of the ice cream of the future? he was like, Did you put your fucking ice cream in our (laughs) nitrogen tank? (laughs) This is a chemical plant. We're doing important work here on for animals. I mean, he's you playing with yogurt, and he brought in ice cream. Oh, the come fucking on, nitrogen! So they got into a fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> the rumble. It's like a lot of snapping. <laughs> and his boss was like, mm, "No, thanks. I'm not interested at all." Apparently, Kurt's boss was a man of the present, <laughs> much like you, Brandy. About six months went by, but Kurt couldn't get those delightful ice cream dots off his mind. He went to Kay and said, Kay, I can't quit these dots. (laughs) And she said, I know, and I support you. (laughs) Some of this dialogue may have been been invented by me. (laughs) I know no one had caught on. They were like, was she in the room for this? So they decided to make a go of it. Kurt designed a piece of equipment that would drip, drip, drip the ice cream mix into the liquid nitrogen. He began experimenting with new flavors. Vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, peanut butter. It was all so delicious. It was all so exciting. He called it... Dippin' Dots! Yoglet. That's not a good name. <laughs> yeah, yoglet. Uh, As in like a pellet of yogurt, because frozen yogurt was really popular. It was the 80s. That's terrible. (laughs) Okay, now I do not know this, but I'd like to think that Kay, supportive 
beautiful Kay, was like, oh, yeah, great yogurt. I love the name myself. But how about we just have some friends over and we just ask them what they think? Because they had a bunch of friends over and they all brainstormed names. And someone came up with Dip and Dot, like cute little characters. Yeah. But Kurt heard Dip and Dot and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> you hated that you joined in on that. I loved it. Okay. No. You had a look of rugerot. No. <laughs> so they had a name and they had a recipe and then fate brought in a man from Indianapolis. Woo! <laughs> That's a man blowing in from Indianapolis. <laughs> what happened to him? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't decide if he was a ghost or if he was caught in a windstorm. <laughs> Yeah, what is he, like the Wizard of Oz? In a way, yes. <laughs> he said, hey, there's this storefront that I know of. It'd be a great location for an ice cream store. If you want to hire me as your contractor, I can help you get set up. But not just any ice cream store. Ice cream of, of the, the future. future. <laughs> but hold that thought because they didn't come up with that slogan until the future. Oh. The future being 1991. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tippin' Dots was around in 1991? My dear, I just told you he invented it in well, 87. He invented it, but he's got to, you know, <laughs> got to bring it to market and get it, you Well, know. yeah, I mean, it's happening. Okay. The Wizard of Oz just blew in from <laughs> Indianapolis. <laughs> the guy said, 20,000 cars pass by this location every single day. I can have you up and running by Christmas. Kurt and Kay were sold. In November of 1987, Kurt quit his job and they went all in on their Dippin' Dots store. Mm -hmm. To help pay for the store, they sold one of their two cars and they took their $10,000 in savings and they invested it into the business. And when that ended up not being enough, they discovered that all these credit card companies were sending them letters like, hey, you're approved. And so they took out six new credit cards and Ooh. maxed them out immediately. What? Ooh. You don't like it? It's not a great financial plan. No, you get the credit cards and it's free money. No, because you have to pay it back. Ooh. But... Christmas came and went, and the Dippin' Dots store didn't exist. Turns out that The man from Indianapolis was a scammer? Yep, he was a con man. <laughs> he was a grifter! He really was like the Wizard of Oz. He was! Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. Pay no attention to the man from Indianapolis. Oh, no. As they say. Yeah, it's a common phrase. <laughs> Everyone's heard it. <laughs> So hurtful to all the good men in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, he'd taken their down payment and just skipped town. They did eventually get the store going, but it was about four months behind schedule. And that was tough. They'd been out of work much longer than they expected. They'd blown through all their savings. But they had a store. And it would bring in money. No, because people aren't. What? People don't like ice cream? People love ice cream, but they're like, that doesn't look like ice cream. That looks like a little weird pellets. Okay. You you are weird about new foods I and am. textures. Do you remember the first time you had the Dippin' Dots? I don't. Um, 
Hmm. Hmm. I remember Dippin' Dots were around for a little bit before I tried them. <laughs> you just watched all the other I kids did. from afar. I did. Uh-huh. So I was like, what the fuck is that weird thing? Uh-huh. And they and were like, wow, language. ice cream. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. And was it love at first bite? Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Okay. Well, do you remember the first time you had Dippin' Dots? <sighs> I also remember watching Dippin' Dots from afar, mm-hmm. but not because I was – Because nobody would buy them for it. Yes. <laughs> Do you know the pain of going to an amusement park with my dad I in the 90s? Imagine. Girls. Girls. Do you know how much we paid to get into this park? <laughs> this is how they get you with the food and the drinks. And Now, see, if we all – if we all had gotten drinks, okay, besides <laughs> water, do you know how much we would have spent? <laughs> That's how they get you is like uh-huh. the chorus of my childhood. Yeah. Yep. Brandy, you've triggered something deep <laughs> inside me. It's my, my mistake. I feel like I remember many a meal where like we'd see some other family and they were carefree and they were like ordering – a Coke. No. Ooh. An iced tea. A girl can dream. And my... What? Is that why you have to have so many beverages now? Maybe. Maybe. Because you guys were like, I'll just take a water, please. Yeah. I mean, it was like a special ass occasion yeah. if we could get something. Ask And even then... Some might say. <laughs> even then, my dad would look at us in shame. He was the only one keeping us out of the poorhouse <laughs> by drinking his water. Uh, Steve was a little bit that way. Steve would always get a water when we went anywhere. Like I mean, you do save. I mean, yeah. they're not wrong. You yeah. do save money. Yep. You also save joy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I saw other kids getting the dip and dots. Thought, oh, that looks mighty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough of that trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so they had the store. It was going to bring in big money. Their store was located in Lexington, Kentucky. They opened on a Friday night. That evening, a customer walked in, and she asked for a sample of the ice cream. She took it. She tried it and said, I think I'd like to buy a Coke. Mm-hmm. And so she got a Coke, and then she walked out. <laughs> that was her first customer. Oh, no. And that kind of set the tone and for she health. was just, like, buying the Coke just to be nice. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, you can't just take a sample and be like, well, that was weird. <laughs> Kurt and Kay were the main employees, and by this point, their daughter was five, and she'd nap in the store. Sometimes she'd work the register, which... That's alarming. Right. Well, luckily, they didn't have very many customers, so that couldn't have happened too often. (laughs) What if they'd secretly been really successful, but they had a five-year-old running the (laughs) register? (laughs) Funny thing about their location, Kurt later said, 20,000 cars drove by a day, but that's exactly what they did. They They drove drove by. by. Mm -hmm. So it was rough. Their ice cream was strange. Their location wasn't great. So Kurt and Kay decided to close the business. They'd been in business for nine months. And I don't know why my voice did that. 
Nine months. <laughs> They'd made $52,000. And that didn't even come close to touching their expenses. I was going to say, what were their expenses? Well, that could, if their expenses were low, that might not be terrible. I mean, liquid nitrogen ain't free. <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> liquid nitrogen. <laughs> That's the off-brand liquid nitrogen. The ice cream's not nearly as good, but it is cheaper. Okay. <clears throat> That's how they get you, Brandy. With liquid nitrogen. <laughs> but they still really believed in Dippin' Dots, and so did Kurt's entire family, and it looks like Kay's did, too. His sister, Connie, was particularly supportive. Once the store closed, she was like, you know what? This ice cream is so unique. It's so fun. I'm going to call around to some theme parks and see if they're interested. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You feeling like it's turning around, turn yeah. around, turn around? Yeah. They'd already had some success at fairs and festivals, so that seemed like the way to go. Yeah. Because so people she- try weird shit. At fairs and festivals. Yeah, you tried two dicks. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, Patty. We'll have to get that. <laughs> You're like, this is free. <laughs> it was at the petting zoo. <sighs> so she called up Opryland Theme Park in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Have you really? Yeah, sure have. What do you remember about it? I bought the a bell dots? there. A bell. Oh, my God. You and your souvenirs. Tell us about mm-hmm. this bell. Oh, mm-hmm. you collected bells, didn't you? I did. You? Yeah. It was white. Mm-hmm. It had gold trim. Real oh. gold trim. Oh, my. Genuine. Upperland. <laughs> Sounds incredible. Yeah. Was it a good time? I mean, can you tell us anything yeah. other than you got a Okay, you All just got a bell. I got a bell. There. All right. Very good. <laughs> Opryland was known as America's Musical Show Park. Of course it is. I remember that well. But today, you can't hear the singing anymore. <laughs> Did everybody die in Opryland? It closed in 1997 because they had these very valuable gold bells. And what? Unknown. Oh, unknown. Everyone, bring got an unknown call. The, do we, calls even show up like that anymore? Is this like a horror movie and I die in seven days now? I mean, perhaps, just like the Opryland folks. <laughs> <laughs> it was Opryland calling. <laughs> but it couldn't be Opryland. They closed years ago. <laughs> What if we wrote the dumbest horror movie together? <laughs> you take the call and it's just a bell. Oh, shit. This movie's writing itself. <laughs> okay, everybody. We got to go on break again. <laughs> got to write the blockbuster of the summer. That's right. We will play ourselves. Obviously. <laughs> so, you know, she calls up the Opryland. Uh, <laughs> the Opryland. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> she called up Opryland, talked to the food service supervisor, and the conversation, you know, it didn't go great. <laughs> uh, they had rude questions like, what are your sales numbers? Do uh-huh. people enjoy the product? But Connie at least got Kurt an appointment with the Opryland people. So they had the meeting, and Kurt brought in a bunch of samples, and the Opryland people loved it. Like, head over heels, 
loved Dippin' Dots. Yeah. At the time, they were building a new roller coaster called Chaos. Mm. And this would be the perfect treat to launch with Chaos because Dippin' Dots was like ice cream but chaotic. <laughs> the Opryland people were like, we think we're going to sell 100 gallons a day. That was amazing news. But Kurt's machine only made like four gallons an hour. So to prepare for Opryland's upcoming season, Kurt and Kay took a garage that they had on their farm and converted it into an ice cream plant. That seems expensive. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. So his mom and dad got a $30,000 loan on their property to cover the expenses. And it just seems that the whole family pitched in to convert the garage into an ice cream manufacturing plant. Okay. And they got it done. They were fully prepared to create more than 100 gallons of Dippin' Dots every day. In 1989, Opryland opened for the season. But uh, they sort of had to rush to finish construction on their new roller coaster, which is something I love to hear. don't like that one. Uh (laughs) And that meant that the Dippin' Dots were kind of an afterthought. Oh, no. They were sold out of a snack stand with all the other snack stuff. And worst of all, the snack stand was right by where you got on the roller coaster. So no one wanted to buy ice cream right before they got on a roller coaster. Yeah, that just sounds like chaos. (laughs) 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 You know, I think chaos is the word you used when you had three fiber one bars in one afternoon. So instead of selling 100 gallons a day, they sold two gallons a day. Oh, shit. Yes. Shit indeed. The following year, Opryland was like, hey, hey, new plan. We will put you in a kiosk that sells Dippin' Dots exclusively. This will really show off the product. People will love it. Yeah, it's going to be at like the back of the park. By the ride no one goes on. By the bells. It's like, who's going to come here and buy a bell? Me. (laughs) That's it. And you know what? I'd be like, what is that fucking dipping bells over there? It looks pretty good. No, you'd be like, what's that? Ew. (laughs) I'm not ready for the ice cream in the future. (laughs) Give it a few years, okay? (laughs) Kurt was optimistic. Surely this was the way to go. But sales sucked. About six months into the year, Kurt called them up and was like, hey, why are our sales so low? And they were like, well, you know, to be honest, we only have but so many employees. And when we get really busy. We shut down Dippin' Dots and Mm -hmm. put them at our other snack stands. No, no, we don't even open the kiosk. No, 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 I know. We put the employees at the other snack stands and Dippin' Dots just closed. Like the Dippin' Dots I experienced I had at the mall just recently. (laughs) Still happening to this, to this day. day. <laughs> it was Opryland all over again. <laughs> also, and this is fair, people would come up to the Dippin' Dots kiosk and they'd be like, what's this? How do you make it? Why is it in these little balls? And the kid behind the kiosk would be like, I'm a communications major. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> these are Dippin' Dots. <laughs> they cost what they cost. <laughs> it's what it is. Kurt said, so in other words, it's only being opened when it's a cloudy or rainy day or you don't have a lot of people in the park. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you catch on quick. 
at the end of the year, the Opryland people were like, hey, this just isn't working out. It's not you. It's me. We're done. So Kurt went to pick up his equipment and he got his old T-shirt and his CDs. But the guy who met him at the park was like, hey, we're actually (laughs) – I was tripped up by my own hilarious joke. (laughs) Hey, we're actually getting a new food service supervisor. (laughs) just like a ton of Dave Matthews bands. <laughs> <laughs> he might be open to doing something with you. And so Kurt like butt stuff or <laughs> they didn't specify. So Kurt came prepared for anything the guy wanted. And luckily or unluckily, depending on what was on Kurt's mind that day, the guy just wanted to talk about ice cream. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> But Got all loomed up for nothing. <laughs> Kurt had put a quarter in a tea bag. <laughs> Just, Just in case. Yes. <laughs> the jokes on this podcast. They're highbrow. They're highbrow. <laughs> There's no mistaking it. So Kurt met with him and the guy said, hey, okay, look, if you can kick in some money to remodel the building by the petting zoo – then you can turn that into an ice cream shop and you can run it and we'll take a percentage of your sales. So Kurt was like, yeah. And his family took out even more loans and they opened the ice cream store by the petting zoo. I called it the petting zoo. <laughs> it was a zoo. <laughs> it was it wasn't not like one of those Microsoft It was not an players. off-brand iPad. <laughs> It really was the ice cream of the future with a Zoom next to it in the 80s. I mean, people were blown away, Brandy. They couldn't believe it. <laughs> that first day, they sold $300 worth of ice cream, which sounds depressing. But it was more money than they'd made on any single day in the previous two years. Oh, my god! So they were thrilled. When Opryland was in season, Kurt and Kay would rent an apartment in Nashville. They had six or seven employees, and instead of putting them up in a hotel, they'd all sleep in the apartment together. And I know that sounds really nice and no. fun. And get a no, load of this. No, it sounds it's, horrible. No, it's even better than you think it is because Kurt's mom was a nurse, and so she had access to all these great eggshell mattresses that the hospital planned to throw out just because a patient had already used them. <laughs> so... Before they'd hit the dumpster, Kurt's mom would be like, yoink, pick them up, and that's what the Dippin' Dots employees would sleep on. Do you think people died on them? A hundred percent people. What do you think? (laughs) That's the best thing that happened to those things. (laughs) That's the best thing? Well, okay, would you rather have a mattress that someone died on or a mattress that someone, like, bled all over or Mm. pussed all over. Diarrhea'd all over. Exactly. A lot of things can go down at a hospital. Yeah, that is true. Okay, what's your choice? Uh, I'd probably take the one someone died. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it... Never mind. What? Go ahead. (laughs) I think it's an inappropriate question. Well, we can cut it. (laughs) Was it a particularly oozy death or... (laughs) That's a relevant question, (laughs) Brianna. Completely relevant. Because you don't want death and ooze. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pass on that. I'm sure she was real choosy with okay. which mattresses she rescued sure. from the trash. Doesn't that sound awful? It sounds terrible. Oh, it anyway. also sounds like, um, yeah, 
poor working conditions. Uh-huh. And I think it was all family. Okay. I, I'm not okay. sure. All right. I, I'm a big fan of like treating your family like shit. <laughs> <laughs> your family that's taking out loans for you to help get your ice cream of the future off the ground. <laughs> you know what they should have done? What? Got a spaceship. <laughs> Everyone, she's quite proud. Quite proud. But enough about these sweet deals on barely used mattresses. The store by the petting zoo, or petting zoon, <laughs> did quite well. Over the course of the 90s, Dippin' Dots expanded big time. In 1991, they came up with the slogan, Ice Cream of the Future. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 1992, they got into the Kennedy Space Center. They sold Dippin' Dots as Space Dots. Oh. People went nuts for them. They didn't even want to sample it. They just wanted to buy it. They sold almost 100 gallons of Dippin' Dots a day at the Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, that's probably their target demographic at the Kennedy Space Center. Right. What are you trying to say? I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm saying people buy freeze-dried ice cream in little foil packages. Right, but imagine like something that actually tastes good. I mean, that's wild. In 1995... They brought Dippin' Dots to Japan. They decided to franchise the business. And oh my, were you even a theme park or a stadium in the 90s if you didn't have Dippin' Dots? you were for sure not. No, you weren't shit. Yeah. But Brandy, you know what success brings? Haters. No, I was going to say competition. Jealous little Mm. bitches. Oh, Bitches who will steal your man and your revolutionary way of making ice cream. Somebody try and copy Dippin' Dots? Brandy, hold on to your pants. We're about to hit the court stuff. In 1996, it came to Dippin' Dots' attention that two of their former franchisees were thieving little bitches. Thieving little bitches. <laughs> this, is, this is all in the court record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't added my own spice to any of this. (laughs) It was two brothers, Dan and Sean Kilcoyen. K-I-L-C-O-Y-N-E. Kilcoyen. Yeah. And they were selling a product that they called Dots of Fun. Tomorrow's ice cream today. Okay. Well, that's way, like, yeah. You ripped it straight off, Uh brothers. Uh Uh-huh. Thieving little bitches, they am I are right? Thieving little mm-hmm. bitches. They later changed their name to Mini Melts, but I ask you, what's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Kurt was perturbed. So he looked himself in the mirror and he said, Let's go to court. And he sued Mini Melts for $16 million yeah, for yeah, patent infringement. Yeah. But they countersued for $10 million. For what? Oh, I wasn't planning to tell you, but. <laughs> <laughs> they argued that the Dippin' Dots patent was not valid. They did that because if you're being sued for patent infringement and you're definitely infringing on the patent, which, hello, they obviously yeah. were, the best defense is to argue that the patent itself isn't valid. This legal battle lasted for years. 
and my understanding based upon minutes, literal minutes of searching on newspapers.com is that around this time, Dippin' Dots also sued another couple of thieving bitches. Who are these bitches? They called themselves Frosty Bites. Oh. Here's a cute story. The people who started Frosty Bites initially inquired about becoming Dippin' Dots franchisees and um, – Maybe they learned a little bit. Oh, maybe they didn't. Um, but either way, they were like, oh, no, thanks. We're, we're not interested anymore. And then they started Frosty Bites. Okay. And then they bought the domain names Dippin'Dots.net and Dippin'Dots.org. Oh, well, you're not being real sly about it, Frosty Bites. Thieving bitches. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? Mm-hmm. By the way, the only reason they didn't buy Dippin'Dots.com was because, of course, Dippin'Dots Dippin had already it. owned it. Yeah, and they didn't even dream it. that, like, frosty asses would come along and <laughs> gobble up the other domain names. Anyway. <laughs> That was a sick burn, wasn't it? It was. Mm-hmm. Once they got sued, the Frosty Bites people were like, okay, you can have those web addresses, but I think we can all agree that what they did was ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> These lawsuits were pretty similar, so the cases were consolidated. That's right. Yeah. Sucked into one. Just like you with that <laughs> petting zoo. Patty, we'll have to cut that too. <laughs> Everyone, we just had to cut a very crude joke, which obviously, if we have to cut a joke for being too crude, it's It's probably pretty out there. Really out there. (laughs) I don't think I should be allowed to do cases that no one requested. I'm having too much fun with this. I am jazzed (laughs) to be talking about dipping dots. So, you know, the lawsuits were consolidated. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Dippin' Dots kept doing its thing. They grew. And all the while, the legal battle, it dragged on. Dippin' Dots' position was, you're all turds. You're ripping us off. No one is going to Six Flags to ask for some fucking mini melts. So just cut it out. Yeah. That was their official position. Exactly. Not really grounded in the law, no. <laughs> but very passionate. Yeah. And I respect mm-hmm. it. And mini melts' position was, you shouldn't have been able to patent this because the process for making this ice cream is so obvious. But they did it first. Did they? I don't know, did they? (laughs) (laughs) Also, your patent isn't valid. Naturally, these arguments spilled out into the press. In an interview, the mini melts... I do remember the giant controversy. (laughs) (laughs) It was across the front page. Where were you in the Dippin' Dots controversy (laughs) of 06? (laughs) I was sitting in math class. In an interview, the Mini Melts guy said of Kurt, Neither he nor I invented this product. It was invented in England in the early 80s. By who? An Englishman. (laughs) I have nothing further. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But the point is, Brandy... That it's like super obvious people are just drip, drip, dripping ice cream into liquid nitrogen all the time. Nothing unique going on here. In an interview with the New York Times, one of the Mini Melts guys talked about how different Mini Melts were from Dippin' Dots. How different are they? I'm so glad you asked. He said, 
Their product is all uniform spheres, whereas ours is all different shapes and sizes, which we think adds to the uniqueness of the brand. It just sounds like you're not as good at making them as Dippin' Dots is. You know what I say? What? Eat a dick, sir. Everyone (laughs) hates you. (laughs) Anyway, in 2003, they had a two-phase trial in federal court. The first phase was to figure out whether Kurt's patent was valid. And the second phase was to determine was to <laughs> they skidded. Yeah. It was uh-huh. to determine whether mini melts used Dippin' Dots trade secrets and similar logos to catfish their product, you know. Yes. Like a sexy lady. Yes. In that first part, the federal court yes. jury said <laughs> You're not going to like this, Brandy. <laughs> the court said no? So in the first part, the federal court jury sided with the thieving bitches. <gasps> which, How could they? Well, I mean, maybe they felt like they weren't thieving bitches, but I'm not changing my mind. I've made it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the logic in very oversimplified terms. Because you're dumb and I'm very smart. (laughs) Thank you. I'm a communication major. (laughs) And you're just a microbiologist. (laughs) Basically, when you file for a patent, you have to do so within one year of inventing the product or process or whatever you've done. And if you go over that one-year period, the product is considered public art. And you lose your right to file for the patent. Mm. So the Minnie Melts and Frosty Bites legal teams argued that Kurt had been talking about his invention openly in 1987. So even though he had applied for a patent less than a year after he opened the retail store in 1989, it didn't matter. Because because it wasn't within a year of invention. Kurt's lawyers tried to argue that he'd only talked about the invention as part of the experimentation process. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the jury was not moved. Yeah. And if that didn't suck enough, the federal court was also like, "Uh, your patent is also invalid because your method of making your ice cream is obvious. Which is just rude and not true. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. How many people are drip, drip, dripping ice cream? And like, okay – when he first brought it to market, everyone was like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. And then he was the one yeah. who – I loved that voice. <laughs> it just makes me mad. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, you've got to have some reward yeah. for being the one to think outside the box and mm-hmm. then convince everyone yeah. to try something. <sighs> anyway, Kurt appealed – And the good thing about the appeal was that the court found that he had never committed fraud in regard to his patent, which was nice because he felt like, okay, well, that at least cleared my name. But it didn't really change things. It didn't get his patent back because they were saying, so obvious. We've all all thrown a little ice cream into a liquid nitrogen vat. Am I right? No one has done that. I'm just always accidentally tossing (laughs) stuff in there. Wait, did you guys do that in physics class in high school? I mean, I'm sure we did. So I had um, Mr. Stewart. Yeah, I had Mr. Stewart. Loved Mr. Stewart. He liked people to call him Bob. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, he brought in liquid nitrogen and we froze all kinds of things and ate them. Graham crackers was Mm. one of them. Um, I think we did Skittles. 
And then he just like poured some on the ground. Oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah. But we didn't freeze any ice cream. Dippin' Dust was already around by that time. Well, and you know what Mr. Stewart said? He was like, you know what? Too obvious. Yeah. I'm not doing ice cream. Not doing it. Everybody's doing Everybody's ice cream. Everybody's doing you heard ice about these cream. mini melts? Everybody's talking about mini melts. Frosty bites, <laughs> dippin' dots, dime a dozen, I say. You know what you can do with a dime? Anyway. Stick it right up here. <laughs> by this point, they'd been in this legal battle for like nine years. Oh, my gosh. Dippin' Dots. And this all comes from Kurt, but he said Dippin' Dots had already spent $6 million in legal fees. And the court ordered Dippin' Dots to pay the opposing side's <gasps> attorney's fees. Oh, my gosh. How much was that? A lot of money, probably. He said it was about $4 million. Oh, he's out 10 mil. I'm good at math. <laughs> I can add six and four and then put a million behind yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to brag. <laughs> Looking back, he said, some people ask me, what would you do different? And he said, well, I suppose the right answer is I would have settled and then it wouldn't have cost me $10 million. But my answer is that I probably would do the same thing again because you're built the way you're built. Well, yeah. And if he truly believes, like, this is my idea, I truly invented this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry. They bought up the domain names. They were calling yes. themselves, like, dot knockoffs or whatever. I can't even <laughs> Dop and dits. <laughs> I would try dop and dits. <laughs> but no, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it right? does. So all of a sudden, you know, thanks to this. Oh, I'm sorry. I almost skipped a paragraph, which would have been devastating for the listener. Of course. Would you like an energy drink? No, I'm great. Are you sure? Yeah, I just had you know mm-hmm. too rich of a lunch. Too rich oh. for my blood. <laughs> Do we need the fan on? No. My eyes are water. Oh, my God. Some sensitive bitch. <laughs> so now it was 2007. And thanks to this court ruling, there was nothing to stop all the other Dippin' Dots wannabes from hitting the market. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the market was flooded with pure horse shit like Itty Bits and Molly Cools. <laughs> Molly Cools! <laughs> I love that name. It's a shame they went out of business. It is. What about Doppendits? That ever hit the market? <laughs> Doppendits never took off, which is a shame. <laughs> that year, Dippin' Dot's sales were about the same as they were in 2006, but their production costs had gone up, so they went into debt. And they tried to restructure their loans, thinking that 2008 would be a great business year. It wasn't. Bad news. Bad stuff happened to the economy <laughs> in 2008. Yeah, so their sales tanked. Yeah, because nobody was going to amusement parks or, right. yeah. or malls or yeah. anything. All that disposable income or expendable, expendable money, money, as we say on this podcast. <laughs> That's a joke from the bonus episode. <laughs> You want to hear the hilarious origin origins of that story. You, you got to pay us money. Pay your expendable money. <laughs> yep. To send us Patreon. <laughs> Eventually, Dippin' Dots went into foreclosure, and to kind of fight that, they filed for bankruptcy. Kurt figured that they'd file for bankruptcy, restructure, and rebuild. Yeah. 
And in May of 2011, this like 30-year-old dude named Scott Fisher and his daddy, Mark Fisher, who is the CEO of an energy company, bought Dippin' Dots for $12.7 million. Why'd you call him his daddy? Because I don't like this (laughs) fellow. (laughs) So Kurt no longer owned Dippin' Dots, not even a little. They kept him on as CEO for three years, and then they opted not to renew his contract. That I, sucks. They took his company away from him. I mean, in exchange for money, but. Yeah. But, I mean, they basically paid the debt. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, mm. I didn't write this part down, but I found a newspaper article from when he was let go. Mm-hmm. And this Scott guy said something to the effect of like, hey, you know, he he wanted to buy his way back into the company. He wanted to buy ownership. And, you know, that's a conflict of interest. So we had to let him go. It's like, well, mm. I know. That sucks. When asked about Kurt, Scott had some super helpful advice, and I think it's great advice for all of us. So let's all listen up and listen good, okay? I don't think I want to hear it. No, you do. (laughs) Brandy. Never let a brand or a company or a position define you. You define yourself and bring your benefits to the company. I think it's always important to be prepared to exit the company at any point in time to the extent that it's better for the company. Gross. Dude, you're just a rich a guy's rich son. Dude, yeah. This man built I mean, he oh god, this man built the company from the ground yes. up. Never let a brand or a company or a position define you. Okay, I on the one hand, I do agree with that. Yeah. But don't say that to someone who actually founded a company. Yeah. And like they put up the family farm for I right. God damn. Ugh. But as you pointed out at the beginning of this story, Brandy, under Scott's tutelage, Dippin' Dots has done quite well. <laughs> <laughs> These days, Dippin' Dots makes way more money off of plant-based meat than it does off of ice cream. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's because in 2018. They formed a subsidiary where they licensed their technology to markets outside of frozen desserts, which is weird because I thought it was all like super obvious. Yeah, anybody can do it. Yeah. So, yeah. They do like little – They flash freeze meats now? Oh, they do like meat crumbles? Um, Plant-based meat crumbles? I I looked briefly into – Meat like crumbles? (laughs) I believe what they do, and full disclosure, I lost interest, so I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> but I believe what they do is they do like simulated fat oh, molecules, and crumbles. then that gets. <laughs> yes, they do plant based crumbles. I don't know if you've ever heard of this crumbles. Wait, did you hear about this? What? These lentil crumbles? Uh, yes. Did you talk about it with Kyla? She no. She those fart bowls? I. <laughs> Randy, I wanted them to sponsor this goddamn podcast. Everyone, did you hear about Daily Harvest? (laughs) No, I I should warn Kyla. She eats those fart bowls. She eats the fart bowls. We don't say that because they smell like farts. It's just it's 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 very healthy stuff. It's a lot of fiber in there. And apparently 
some real bad stuff going on with yeah. their lentils. Yeah. Hopefully they got that figured out. I saw an update today that they've tracked it down to one ingredient that they've never used in anything else, and it only comes from one supplier. But they're still not really sure why it's making people sick. <laughs> That's reassuring. <laughs> 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 well, uh, thanks a lot, Brandy. We'll never be sponsored by them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I also feel the need to tell you that there exists on this planet a picture of Scott. He's wearing a suit. He's got slick-backed hair. He's squatting in a laboratory with purple smoke billowing around him. Dude looks like he's taking a dump in the worst music video ever. It is the douchiest What's photo. What's the picture I, for? I, you know when you're a super douche and you think you're you got yeah put, go like out in the shareholders portfolio or something. I I don't know the original sort. Yeah, that's the right word. <laughs> Cowholders. Sure. That's when someone. Jumps over the fence, hugs your cow, and, you know, that's <laughs> bad for business. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that not the douchiest thing you've ever Yeah, heard? it's super douchey. Also, there's an episode of him on Undercover <gasps> Boss. I used to watch that show all the time. You did? Oh, you yeah. would. Oh, yeah. You would. Oh, yeah. Brandy. Oh, yeah. That show exists for one purpose and one purpose only. What's the purpose? A giant jerk-off for the CEO. Yeah, that's accurate. And by watching it, you are participating. You got your hand in there. Oh, no! It's true! Hobnobbing with the best of them! Anyway, he wore a stupid wig and, like, a really obvious beard. That's every CEO ever on the show. I... But that's not fooling anybody, Have you right? Seen the SNL scene. Yes, yes, I love that with Adam Driver, where he's like Kylo Ren. <laughs> see, that's what I would love to see: someone bad mouthing the boss yeah. right to them. Also, um, in 2018, Scott got a DUI one night after he left a children's hospital. Um, <laughs> what was he doing at the children's hospital? He'd been at their Dancing for a Miracle event, and he was one of the dancing celebrities. <laughs> uh, so he, great of him to be doing an event for the kids. Yeah, he, he drove into a pole and two houses. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> he told the officer... That, to the best of his recollection, he had had at least three mixed drinks. Okay. Let me tell you something. You hit a pole in two houses, it's my way dude, more than it's three. way more than three. Way more than three. Everyone was fine, but the bird bath <laughs> was never the same. Kristen. <laughs> it was a bird bath annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first article I read about that was just like, he got a DUI. He hit two houses. Everyone was fine. I was like, I'd like to know more about that. Found another article. Said he was coming home from a children's hospital. Yeah. And I almost deleted this whole section because I was like, oh, gosh. Well, like, does he have kids or like a niece or nephew who was like diagnosed with something terrible? Then, I don't know. He had some medicinal tequila and (laughs) it was a bad night. That's that's where my mind was at. Of course, yeah. 
Well, then I find out that he was at Dancing for a Miracle and people had to dance with this guy. And, you know, and then I yeah. decided, yeah, I'll leave it in. <laughs> also, you think I'm done? I'm not done. <laughs> in June of last year, Scott's ex-girlfriend sued him, saying that he harassed her and used sexual images of her to control her. And she said that he sent the images to her mother. Gross. Yeah, it sounded like he sent it to... You know, a number of people, Multiple her people, mother one being of one them. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a few weeks later, he admitted that he had, in fact, sent a sexual photo of his ex-girlfriend to her mother. That's the most recent thing I could find on that lawsuit, but Godspeed, Amanda. Mm. As for the Dippin' Dots founder, Kurt yeah, Jones. Yeah, what's Kurt? 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 Kurt Jones. Kurt Jones. Who? Say my name enough. <laughs> He started a new company. It's called 40 Below Joe. Dang it. I wanted it to be Doppin' Dits. <laughs> so bad. Competing with Dippin' Dots. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over the world. Uh, they basically brew coffee and freeze it and capture it at its best. Ooh. And I've actually looked into becoming a franchisee of this company. I toured the facility, looked at all the paperwork, but I've decided that it would be Starter a lot up. easier to just be born rich and take a dump in a purple factory. And that's the story of Dippin' Dots. <laughs> Very good. It turns out it's a lot of work to start <laughs> something from the ground no up. Oh, shit. I would rather be born super fucking rich. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Kristen, I have got a fresh one for you today. Oh, real? Pseudo-local. Okay. I've been following this one for a minute, waiting for it to oh, wrap up. Oh, okay. I love it when you get, like, creepy yeah, into stuff. Yeah, heard about this right when it first happened. Happens in St. Louis. Oh, okay. So shout-outs to Joel Courier, Christine Byers, Kim Bell, and Rachel Rice for their reporting for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Most of this comes from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Sure. You ready for a disappearance? I think I am. Let's do it. It was November 12th, 2019. Oh. In suburban St. Louis. Creve Coeur, to be what? precise. <laughs> Creve Coeur? Creve Coeur. It's two words. It comes from the French. It means heartbreak, uh, or it comes from the French for heartbreak. Um, but of course, it's Missouri, so we don't pronounce it like the French pronounce it. And we so do I like a classier to, version? No. <laughs> <laughs> to look up a whole bunch of pronunciations, and that's, I believe, how the great state of Missouri says it. Oh, it's such a Creve such a sexy Coeur. language. The Missouri interpretation of French. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Versailles, <laughs> Milan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Any hooser. <laughs> so it's November twelfth, twenty nineteen, and Bo Rothwell was worried. His wife, Jennifer, had left for work that morning at 6.20, but she'd never made it there. Concerned co-workers had reached out after Jennifer had failed to show up that day. Obviously, it was not like her, as it always is in these cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, excuse me. Did I say Bo was worried? What I meant to say was that Jennifer's friends, family, and co-workers were worried about oh. her. And her husband, Bo, was pretending to be just as concerned. Oh, gross. Um, Did they know right away he was pretending? Mm, stay oh. tuned. Okay. 
there had been a snowstorm in the area the previous day. What if Jennifer had been in an accident or something like that due to bad road conditions? Jennifer had also just recently found out that she was like six weeks pregnant. What if she'd suffered some kind of medical emergency? Just before 9.45 p.m. that night, Bo called 911 to report his wife missing. 9.45 that night, and she hadn't been to work all day? All day. The last time he saw her, according to Bo, was at 6.20 a.m. And I assume they both work like nine to fives or something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you'd give it several hours for the show. Yeah. Yeah. He told police that um, he and his wife the previous night had spent, you know, the evening at home together. They'd watched Netflix, and then they'd gone to bed. Are you the most popular woman on this earth? This is the same number that just called me. Well, do you need to? No, they left like a weird message that was not for me. So, what did they want? So it seems they want to see some property. Well, (laughs) show them some property. They want to see my property. Okay, literally fifteen years ago, Norm got a bunch of calls and texts from this one number. Yeah, this lady would not let up. And in her final text message to him, she was like, bring the Tostitos. (laughs) (laughs) And we still talk about it. And I bang tables. Bring the Tostitos, Brandy. Bring the Tostitos. Okay, so Bo relays to the police that the previous night had been totally normal. They'd watched Netflix. They'd gone to bed. And then Jennifer had left for work the next morning at 6.20, just like normal, and that she was dressed in business attire. Okay. That's as specific as he could get. Well, okay, that doesn't that doesn't super surprise me. All right, me. all right. He also really hold, hold on, Brady. Not everyone is a creepy, observant person like you. I mean, you go in. You're like a spy. I am. I I you know scan like, our room. I do. I do. Like we sat down at lunch today. Yeah, and behind you. Mm-hmm. I noticed like 15 minutes into lunch, yeah. there was this weird table of like all white dudes who looked exactly the same. Yes. There were like 15 of them. And yeah. I was like, what the hell is happening over there? You hadn't – you didn't even turn around. You were like, oh, yeah, I saw them when we walked in. They're all blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so like I don't, I don't know that I could necessarily tell you what Norm had worn to work in the morning. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. He also, and I found this noted specifically in an article, so I'm going to note it as well. He also relayed to, like, the 911 dispatcher that a coworker had informed him that she'd never made it to work and that the coworkers were concerned. Okay, again, I – what? No, no, no. You're you're going too hard on this. All right, all right. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you also mention, like – okay. Other people are concerned as well. It's yeah. not just me. All right. I could see it from that angle. You're right. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. A search was started nearly immediately. Friends and family aided by the police and Bo began canvassing the area. By the next day, posters with Jennifer's picture and height and weight oh. were up all over town. I'm telling you, you do that to me, I'll haunt you. Exactly. <laughs> and Jennifer's car was found pretty early on in the search. As it turns out, her car had actually been located by police about 12 hours before Bo reported her missing. Oh. 
it had been tagged as abandoned and ready to tow. It was found on the side of the road, like a mile and a half from Bo and Jennifer's house. Now, hold on. This day that she didn't go into work, was this a Monday? Hmm, I don't know. Okay. I'm just thinking for them to notice the car and flag it. Well, I mean, okay, it seems so like that remember, would take some time. There had been a snowstorm, so I'm thinking, okay. okay, if police are on patrol, making sure that snow plows can get around. All right. They tag abandoned cars. They tow cars faster in okay. winter conditions. Yeah, yeah. And so they likely thought that it had been left there because of the snow or because it had been involved in some kind of accident. And it was just like, you know, when you see a car that's got like the sticker on it? Yeah. So, like, that's the state that it was in. But under further investigation, they determined that the car was in perfect working order. It hadn't been involved in any kind of accident. And Jennifer's phone was found inside. Mm. This was obviously super alarming. And the search for Jennifer intensified in that area where her car had been located. Like I said, it was about a mile and a half from their house. It was found near the intersection of Olive and Fifi Street. (laughs) That's silly. I just liked the name Fifi Street. And they said it was just down the way from old Fifi Street. (laughs) What? So there's a Fifi Street and an old Fifi Street, Uh which sounds very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't put any of that in my notes, but stuck right up here. Yeah, it's it's in the brain. (laughs) Waiting for a trivia night sometime. (laughs) In the meantime, police were talking to Bo, and he was being... Uncooperative. He wouldn't let police into their house. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't let police look at his truck. And he refused to give a DNA sample. And he requested an attorney, which I don't think is that alarming. Like if your wife goes missing. Wow, Brandy, you've really come a long way, I really baby. Don't. If your wife goes missing, yeah, you get an attorney. Everyone. <laughs> Let's let's take a moment and think about the progress that Brandy has made in this podcast. Not that long ago, you would have been like, guilty as fuck! But I don't think it looks good that he won't let the police in his house or his car or offer up a DNA sample. Because um, if your wife's missing and you want to do anything to find her, you should probably let them come on in and take a look around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Bo did do, though, was put out the trash... On the curb. they can take that. On November 13th. So the day after he reports Jennifer missing, he puts out the trash. And once it's out on the curb, it is fair game. Mm -hmm. And so, detectives. I've gotten so many great shit. Did you? (laughs) So many great great shit. (laughs) So many great shit. Not a phonics book, though. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for that one. (laughs) So, detectives are just kind of looking through there. And do you know what? smell was just wafting off of that trash. Coffee grounds. No, I just hit the whole microphone. I apologize. That's great. Bleach, Kristen. Oh, clean guy. Uh Uh-huh. And inside that trash can were cleaning products on cleaning products on cleaning products, along with a large amount of used paper towels and rubber gloves. Well, so the paper towels were probably covered in blood, right? It just said they were soaked, I assumed, in blood. Blood and bleach. Yes, exactly. Additionally, they found a receipt from a local Deerberg's grocery store. Not familiar. No. Um, But it was dated November 11th, the day before Jennifer was reported missing. 
the day before Bo said he'd last seen her. What did he buy? Uh, do, do you want to take a guess? Oh, God. A whole bunch of bleach. Uh-huh. Gloves. Rope. Uh, no rope. Just a bunch of cleaning products. Okay. Yeah, rubber gloves. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So detectives went to the Deerberg store to check surveillance footage and wouldn't. Did they burp? They did right there at the Deerberg's office. No one's ever done that before. They're all very well-mannered at the Deerberg's office. And so then they checked the surveillance footage, and uh, sure enough, there was Bo Rothwell purchasing cleaning products in the middle of a snowstorm on November 11th. Okay, well, it's okay to purchase cleaning products in the middle of a snowstorm. Um, but he had already. Oh yeah, you wouldn't go out. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't go out during. I don't know why I'm trying to defend. (laughs) And also, this was directly contradicting the account that he had told the detectives already about how he'd spent the evening at home with his wife watching Netflix, and then Mm -hmm. they just you know gone to bed. Yeah. Nothing alarming had happened mm-hmm, there. For sure. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the snowstorm was so bad that they had told people not to venture out because road conditions Unless were so dangerous. Unless you really need some cleaning supplies. <laughs> right. Just the essentials. So armed with this information, this surveillance footage, and the fact that Bo had lied to them about his activities on mm-hmm. that night, they secured a search warrant for the Rothwell home, as well as Bo's truck, cell phone, and computer. When they entered the Rothwell home, investigators were hit with the overwhelming scent of bleach. Yeah. And in the basement of the home, they found bleach-soaked carpet with a large red stain. Oh. And despite the fact that the outside temperatures were in the 30s. He had all the windows open? All the basement windows were open. And... A giant circulation fan was pointed, like, at the stained area of the carpet. Oh, God. Investigators took a sample of the carpet and the pad, and it tested positive for blood. They then obtained DNA samples from Jennifer's parents. And, like, within a day, this seems, like, super fast. Mm -hmm. It's like a DNA rush order. Mm -hmm. Within a day, they were able to confirm that the blood was Jennifer's. And at one time, very recently, a large amount of her blood had been spilled in that area. Yeah. Okay, I know you said she was pregnant. Did they have kids? No. Okay. So they were married for, like, three years. They'd been together for, like, five years, maybe longer. They were both chemical engineers. They'd met at MU while they were both going through engineering school, and then they'd moved to St. Louis to get jobs in in the chemical engineering field, and they were doing really well. Yeah. And they had been actively trying to start a family. Inside the garage of the home, police found Bo's 2015 GMC Canyon pickup truck. And when they – so it had like a bed cover Mm -hmm. on it. And when Mm -hmm. they opened the bed cover, they were again overwhelmed with the smell of bleach. And again, despite the outdoor temperatures, the garage window was open. After completing the search of the home, or as my notes say, after completely the search of the home. Sure. uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Bo Rothwell was arrested on suspicion of murder. And the investigation turned from a missing person investigation to a homicide investigation. Mm. The following day, Bo was charged with the murder of his wife. The police had not yet recovered her body. Mm-hmm. Bo would spend the next few days in custody refusing to cooperate with the investigation. Sure. Then, finally, on November 18th, 2019, nearly a week after he reported Jennifer missing, Bo sat down with investigators and his attorney and told them the general area where they could find her body. And after a six-hour search of a four-mile stretch of U.S. Highway 61 near Troy, Missouri, so this is like the outskirts of St. Louis, kind right. of like a rural area near St. Louis, Police found Jennifer's body about 20 yards off the shoulder of the highway in a wooded area. She was naked. There was a plastic bag over her head. It was like duct taped around her neck. And she was partially covered with branches and brush. And an autopsy would later determine that she died of blunt force trauma to the head. Oh, God. When he was initially charged, he was charged with second-degree murder because they didn't know the, like, circumstances surrounding Mm -hmm. the death. After the autopsy and further investigation, those charges were upgraded to first-degree murder. And Bo Rothwell pled not guilty. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not short on confidence, is he? No. I'm surprised that she was found naked. Yeah. I mean, I I know that seems kind of silly to say because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can kill someone, right. of course you can leave them naked. But yeah. I, I guess that's surprising because mm-hmm. they were married. But yeah. Yeah. They had a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So friends and family were super stunned by this. Nobody thought there were any problems in the Rothwell marriage. Like, it seemed like this was a little family that was just starting out and was super happy with the way their, Mm -hmm. like, the direction their life was headed. When it became clear that Bo was involved in, first of all, the disappearance of his wife and then the murder of his wife, it was shocking to Jennifer's friends and family, and I I believe Bo's family as Mm. well. So Bo pled not guilty, and his murder trial began on April 26th, 2022. Whoa! Yeah. Brandy, this is a fresh one. It's super fresh. At trial, the prosecution presented a bunch of information that they had uncovered during the course of this investigation. They said that Bo had began having an affair Mm. and that shortly after or sometime during the affair, he found out that Jennifer was pregnant Mm -hmm. and that he was really conflicted about what direction he wanted to go with that. Does he stay with his mistress? Does he stay with his wife? Does he wait it out? So conflicted, in fact, that they found a pro-con list. No. On his, I believe they found it on his phone. Mm-hmm. So this was his pro-con list on whether he should stay with his mistress or stay with his wife. His pros, he'd have a better sex life with his mistress. Mm. She was nicer. 
He'd get, <laughs> Dude, the mistresses often are. Mm-hmm. He'd get more respect, more oh. appreciation. Oh, His mistress was a proven mother. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he would potentially have a nice family. Did he say potentially? Potentially have? nice well, family. That's, that's one of the pros. He's not a betting man. That's uh-huh. okay. He's all right. And it would be a fresh start. The negatives. Was the, at this point was he thinking divorce or you know that's kind of up for okay. up for interpretation. All right, Kristen. and that's kind of what the prosecution and defense will kind of argue on. Yeah, here. the cons of staying with the mistress over Jennifer. What's the mistress's name? Um, don't know. Okay. The cons probably limit one kid. <laughs> That's how what it says. Okay. It's funny. I'm I'm curious about because okay. So she's a chemical engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she probably is wanting to be cautious mm-hmm. about her career. Mm-hmm. So maybe she doesn't want to have mm-hmm. more than one child. Yeah. I believe these are the cons of leaving Jennifer, not the oh. cons of staying with Jennifer. Oh. Well, you know, what he really should have done was two pro and cons. He probably should have, yeah. For but, my own clarification. Mm-hmm, and also mm-hmm. written down, do I divorce or do I right. murder? Yeah. 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 Make everyone's job a little um, easier. Con, Jennifer and her family, I assume, upsetting them and losing mm-hmm. them. Con, have to move. <laughs> God. Uh-huh. Dude. Con, lose half my assets and money. Uh. Mm-hmm. Con, Probably get another job. Did they work at the same place? Okay, you don't know. know. So, like, the mistress comes up. We'll get it more into that. But the mistress's identity, as far as I could find, was never released. Is mistress the word we use That's what they use in all over this case. I don't know. Well, then, who are we (laughs) to say otherwise? That's the only way they refer to this person. I prefer side piece. (laughs) Con... Most of my friends. <laughs> Does it mean he's going to lose most of his friends? Yeah, he could have been more clear. <laughs> Con, trust is shaken slash tainted. Okay, again, I don't... Un- I, okay. Mm-hmm. Con, my family's disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Con... Take on her kid with his problems. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the prosecution painted this out like he – this was Isn't a man – Isn't it weird that the word for a woman is mistress mm-hmm. but the word for a man is maestro? <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. I thought it was mattress. <laughs> you know what's sad? I thought of that joke. There came a time for it. And I was like, nope, that is so stupid. But I couldn't help myself. I had to interrupt you. Anyway. Listen, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. <laughs> so there was this show. I don't remember the name of the show. Don't remember. <laughs> anyway. I'll have you know I exhibited restraint in that episode because about halfway through, I remembered that it was Frazier's dad who'd played one half of the couple. You know what? You should have said that. That would have been funny. No, okay. But you held back because <laughs> you did. were embarrassed, I was. weren't I you? I was. It turns out it was an episode of ER, and it was, in fact, Frazier's dad who played one of the See, members of the couple. 
That's on you, my dear. That would have been hilarious <laughs> if you'd been like, hold on. <laughs> Beep, 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 beep. This just in. It was Fraser's dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was all something he'd been weighing over the course of some time. And then finally, he'd made his decision. He was going to stay with his mistress, which meant that he had to get his wife out of the picture. And so he'd murdered her. He disposed of her body. He'd tried to clean up the crime scene, and then he'd joined the search effort for her, mm-hmm. knowing all along exactly where she was. This guy's fairly young, right? Yeah, they're 28. They were both 28 at this – at the time that Jennifer disappeared, mm-hmm. the time Jennifer was murdered Yeah, by her husband, Beau. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> um. It amazes me someone at 28 years old is like, oh, but my assets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're both chemical engineers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prosecution painted this picture of Bo that he was like a meticulous planner. They presented text messages and some other evidence that like Bo and Jennifer had been trying to conceive a child for some time Mm -hmm. and they'd been tracking ovulation together. They'd gone through extensive planning together to do that. And then once they had learned that Jennifer was pregnant, they had created like a pregnancy calendar in their house to note milestones along the way. This is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And he's banging some lady on the side the whole time. The whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the gist of the prosecution's case. They obviously have tons of physical evidence, like that she was mm-hmm. murdered in her house. They were able to, you know, present I all mean, the evidence yeah, about the cleaning supplies. Absolutely. They're good. And so then it was the defense's turn to put up their explanation for this. They did not claim that Bo didn't murder his wife. He simply was not guilty of first-degree murder because he'd done it. Spur of the moment? Uh-huh. In a fit of passion. Okay. So, Bo and Jennifer had a really good marriage. They'd loved each other. They had wanted to have a child together, but it hadn't been easy. And the process of trying for a child had become daunting to Bo. And he'd lost interest in his marriage. Their sex life had been clinical. And so he hadn't, hadn't had much of a choice. He'd had to look elsewhere this to is, get the passion back. This is really stupid. It's so stupid. But then Jennifer had gotten pregnant and mm-hmm. Bo found out, you know, she told she told Bo and then he felt super guilty about his affair. And he decided he needed to end things with his mistress mm-hmm. and come clean to Jennifer. And that's exactly what he'd done. Oh, but Jennifer um, messed it all up by freaking out. And so mm-hmm. she shoved him. He shoved her back. Mm. And, oh, oopsie, she's dead, right? Mm, yep, pretty pretty close. Pretty Good spot Lord. on, Kristen. And, you know, who better to tell us what happened no. than Bo himself? 
Bo took the stand in his own defense on Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Imagine if he was as smart as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so it started out with his defense attorney asking Bo to talk about, you know, his relationship with Jennifer. How had they met? You know, he went through how they'd met at Mizzou and they were in a chemical engineering program together and they were each other's best friends. And things were great. They had the best relationship. They'd always talked about wanting kids very early on in their relationship. They knew that's what the future held mm-hmm. for them. They got married in 2015, moved to St. Louis for work. And in 2018, they tried to start having a family. They started tracking ovulation, doing all of the stuff. But they had found out pretty early on in that process that Jennifer suffered from endometriosis, which made conceiving more difficult. Right. And Bo explained on the stand that their efforts to conceive – turned into a chore. He said he lost interest in their relationship and they started to grow apart. He said that he began having an affair in June of 2019 and that he and Jennifer were still actively trying to conceive while he was seeing his mistress. I hate that. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yep. Then, in October, October 26th, 2019, Jennifer texted Bo and said, oh, my gosh, I think I need to get a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. And that was kind of the whole conversation. But he said that night they'd ordered pizza and he, like, was at the door getting the pizza like their dog was barking. And then all of a sudden Jennifer, like, came down to the door and showed him the pregnancy test and was like, oh, my God, we're pregnant. Yeah. And Bo said that it rubbed him the wrong way. (laughs) What? It seemed anticlimactic to him. Because Jennifer was really into big reveals and he kind of thought she'd do some kind of like cute announcement thing. Oh, I'm so sorry that you don't live in a TV show. Uh-huh. He said sir. he'd been so caught so off guard that he almost dropped the pizza upon <laughs> receiving the news. And what a tragedy that would have been. That is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Bo then went on to talk about on the stand how that as he sat with the news that Jennifer was pregnant and that Jennifer began talking about a nursery and, you know, adding the baby to one of their insurance plans after it was born, like how real this was and how he needed to make some some decisions about how he was going to move forward. He said it was a really confusing time and he sent a message to his mistress around that time about the future of their relationship. He said that there were three possible outcomes. He could end things with her, the mistress, or he could admit the affair to Jennifer and get a divorce, or he could wait and see if she had a miscarriage or something. Oh, no. Mm Mm-hmm. Was his goal to make her miscarry? Well, so, no, that's not what the prosecution tries to argue about this text message. Okay. They said that the or something is proof that he planned 
he had some thoughts about. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's too. <laughs> I think it's too vague to say that that shows premeditation. But yeah, that's what the prosecution will argue from this text message is that right there he said we can wait to side. We can wait to see if she has a miscarriage or something. Yeah, no, I think this is just a wishy-washy asshole. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Also, <laughs> who's going to pick C? Yeah, let's just wait for that miscarriage or something. So at that point, Bo's defense attorney asked him if he was hoping Jennifer had a miscarriage. And on the stand, Bo kind of sighed and... oh. The emotion got Yeah, him. he was kind mm-hmm. of struggling. And then he finally said, you know, he didn't hope it was a miscarriage, but he did hope, like, he wanted to not have to make a decision. And that would keep him from having to make a decision. So, yeah, you wanted, you wanted a, a miscarriage. miscarriage, then, is what you're saying. You yeah. piece of shit. Mm-hmm. He said, it was a confusing time. Except it wasn't. Yeah, no. I mean, no one held a gun to your head and made you cheat on her while you were actively trying to get your wife pregnant. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, did you really not foresee this as a possibility? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Bo was asked on the stand by his defense attorney if he ever thought about killing anyone. Mm -hmm. And oh no, of course not. Of course, I would never. Except for the time I did. Yeah. So then the line of questioning turned to the night of Jennifer's death, November 11th. Bo said that that day Jennifer was texting him questions about the baby and insurance benefits and how it worked. Like, Oh, God. So her. annoying. Oh, yeah. oh mm-hmm. my God. Trying to plan because mm-hmm. you're pregnant. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Yep. And then she needed to, like, bump her insurance coverage up to help cover more of her maternity costs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and prenatal appointments. And he explained that he was the more responsible one when it came to these things. (laughs) Oh, was he? Reminding her not to miss the open enrollment period and to make those changes. Yeah, we'd all be so lucky to have a guy like this in our lives. Uh, Yeah. I hate this story. Um, Bo said that he went to work that day and he came home you know, normal time. And then Jennifer got home sometime around 5.15 and they did watch Netflix together in the basement that evening. And then at some point they went upstairs. I don't know. Damn it, Brandy. And then at some point they did go upstairs um, to make dinner in the kitchen together. And Bo said that it was during that time that they were having dinner that he decided it was time to come clean to Jennifer let her know about the affair. He decided he was going to end it and he wanted to salvage things with her. Bullshit. So he came clean to her and Jennifer was pissed. She demanded to know who it was. Who's the mistress? Who Mm -hmm. is this person? Mm -hmm. And Bo refused to tell her. And oh, I would go ape shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if I should share this. We can cut it if or you don't I mean it's whatever. I think I'll share it and then I'll decide. Okay. Well. Literally when I found out my ex husband was having an affair when he told me, the very first question I had was who the fuck is it? Like Yeah. Of course. I can completely understand this. 
Yeah, you want to know yes. who it is. Yes. Yeah. So he's just like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you. That's not important. What's important is that I made a mistake. <laughs> oh and my blah, god! Blah, blah. Blow it out your ass. He said. He testified. How, how can you be? Uh-huh. Oh, how can you be saying? Yeah, we were actively trying to have a baby. Uh-huh. Also, I've been cheating on you uh-huh. forever, and I'm going to be condescending about uh-huh. it. Yeah, and say now, now hold on. Mm-hmm. Now, what's important here? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, he said on the stand that he told Jennifer, "I messed up. How can I fix this?" Okay, mess up is like a one-time thing, mm-hmm. my dude. And Jennifer said, "You can't fix this. Keep that bitch." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, God, I love Jennifer. Bo said that Jennifer then shoved him on the shoulder mm-hmm. and said, you know what? I've been having an affair, too. No, this baby isn't even yours. He could get me pregnant. <laughs> I had things that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at that point. Oh, a blind rage. A red haze of anger, oh. actually. Oh, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Darn, I was so close. so close. I really uh, get this guy. Yeah, a red haze of anger came uh-huh. over Bo uh-huh. at the claims his wife was making that not only had she also been having an affair, but that the baby that they'd been wanting for so long. That he'd been hoping would. Wasn't even his. Yeah. And so he grabbed a food mallet, like um, oh god, picturing, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, off the kitchen wall, and he hit Jennifer in the head with it. Oh my god! He said that she was kind of dazed by it, and that she started to walk toward the garage, and she got out to the garage, or like right at the garage, right. and he he hit her again this time in the back of the head. Oh, he believed. That this hit cracked her skull. Oh, my God. And at that point, she fell down the basement stairs. Oh. And obviously, he'd cracked her head open, so there was just blood pooling all over the place. And he explained on the stand that he just went in to panic mode and that he needed to hide and fix the situation. He told the jury that he left the house at that point and went to a couple of different stores to buy cleaning supplies. Was she still alive at this point? The medical examiner said basically she bled out. Her brain hemorrhaged from the blow and she bled out on her basement floor. So she probably was. Was, yeah. On some level. Yes. Oh, God. He went and he bought cleaning supplies. He used cash and gift cards so that there wouldn't be able to trace his credit card or his debit card to the purchases. But he kept the receipts. (laughs) No, he threw them away in the trash, Kristen. Those pesky investigators went through his trash. Right. You know, you can say, no, thanks. I don't want a receipt. I don't want a receipt. (laughs) (laughs) And he went to work kind of. Cleaning up the mess. Mm. Around 2 a.m., he decided that he needed to move Jennifer's body. And so he took a big tarp from the garage and he wrapped Jennifer's body in it and moved it to the 
bed of his truck. He said that he'd watched crime shows in the past, and they always take the clothes off of victims to dispose of evidence. And so he'd taken her clothes off. No, that's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. They take clothes off of victims generally because they're sexually assaulting Mm -hmm. the person. Yeah. He said he took her clothes off and put a bag over her head and duct taped it around her neck. Um, and then he drove out of Why town. Why did he do that? I I don't know. He said he'd seen it. Like his – he literally said, I did these things, stripping because her clothes off and putting a bag done. over her head because he'd seen it done on crime shows. Oh, my God. I'm also guessing that she was still bleeding a lot from her head mm-hmm. at that point and it was – Maybe to contain the... My fear... Is that she wasn't dead all the way? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Oh, God. Yeah. I, you know what? I also think... Okay, if you've seen crime shows, mm-hmm. and he thinks he's been so smart because mm-hmm. he's paid cash yeah. and used gift cards and stuff... Is he thinking, I'm going to make it look like some creepy serial killer Probably. got to her? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Oh, this is so upsetting. Mm-hmm. So he said he bagged up her clothes and then he drove out of town. And he said he just drove and drove until he was lost. And then he got her body out of the bed of his truck and put it in that wooded area, covered it with brush and tree branches. And then he drove to like a business area and dumped her clothing and the tarp and some cleaning supplies into a dumpster there. Um, And then he went back to trying to clean up the basement, clean up the carpets. The next morning he said he went to work to keep up the facade of normalcy. Mm. At some point he did, um, after he had dumped uh, Jennifer's body. He had then also ditched her car in that area where it was found before he had gone to work and he walked back to the house. Um, and then, of course, he made that 911 call at 9.45 p.m. reporting her missing the next night. When he was on the stand, Bo was asked by both the prosecution and the defense about the lies that he told after mm-hmm. this, about lying to Jennifer's family, to coworkers, to the police, helping with the search, all of that. And he didn't really have an explanation other than he was trying to keep up a facade. Sure. I mean, yeah. what are you going to say? You, yeah. He said um, that he never planned on killing her. It was the red haze of anger. Sure. But he did admit that he had weighed the pros and cons of leaving her. He testified that he felt guilty about having an affair, but that he believed he was in love with his mistress. Mm -hmm. And he also told the jury that he was still in communication with his mistress. Was she brought on the stand at all? Mm-mm. Wow, she really got lucky. Mm-hmm. They did share text messages in court uh-huh. between the two of them and Facebook messages. But yeah. as far as I could find, she was never identified. Wow. Bo said that he believed Jennifer when she 
said that she was also having an affair. Ugh. He said mm-hmm. there was a man that Jennifer would chat with online. They talked about Game of Thrones and that sometimes she would come home late from work and that sometimes she would do like girls' nights out and he didn't really know what she was up to. I mean, what if she did have an affair? Mm-hmm. What's your point? You did mm-hmm. too. Yeah. She didn't kill you. And when she told him, which I'm not even convinced she really no, told him. No, I, I, I 100 percent do not believe she did that. He believed what she said about the baby not being his. Uh-huh. But they did a DNA test after her body was recovered and the baby was in fact his. Yeah. So here's why that doesn't make sense. If you're in this big like, oh, mm-hmm. what do I do situation mm-hmm. and you're – this is the kind of guy who mm-hmm. just hopes things will resolve yeah. for themselves. Mm-hmm. He's hoping for the or something. Yeah. And if you come clean to your wife mm-hmm. and she says – she's mad but she says, I've been cheating yeah. on you too. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a – that's kind of the or something yeah. that you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. So I don't believe that that mm-hmm. would send him into a rage. If anything, yeah. that would make him more calm. Yeah. In their closing arguments, the prosecutor told jurors that the defense's claim that Bo killed his wife in a red haze of anger was a lie and that there was plenty of evidence of premeditation and that the efforts to cover up his crime speak for themselves. The prosecution reminded the jury that the pathologist had explained, the forensic pathologist had explained on the stand that there was no way that that second blow was not intentional. It was intended to kill. It was mm-hmm. – and the pathologist didn't believe that it could have been done with a kitchen mallet. What They believe it was done with something much bigger, likely a baseball bat. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. See, that to me – Speaks more to premeditation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That it's not something you're going to find in the mm-hmm. kitchen. Yeah. He went somewhere else, got mm-hmm. another bigger weapon. Yeah. Something that you would actually use as a weapon. Yes. So the forensic pathologist testified that they believed that the crushing blow to the back of Jennifer's head had been delivered by likely a baseball bat and likely had been – she'd been completely unsuspecting when it had oh. happened. She'd been standing with her back to him at the top of the basement stairs. Yeah. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. speaks much more strongly to me than the pros and cons list and the text message. Yeah. Um, The prosecution told the jury that Bo deliberated on this. He deliberated when he got the weapon. He deliberated when he drew it back. He deliberated when he brought it down on her head. It was all part of his plan. The defense asked the jurors to acquit Bo of first-degree murder but find him guilty of abandoning a corpse and evidence tampering and voluntary manslaughter. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. I want as an ass as tight as a penny. I mean, are you serious? <laughs> he said that Bo Rothwell clearly 
lost control of his actions because he believed his wife's claim during the argument that the baby was not his after months of a passionless marriage and countless fruitless attempts to get pregnant. Okay, even if he really believed that, you don't get to kill someone over that. Mm -hmm. The defense said the state is trying to turn this extramarital affair into some sort of motive or deliberation. There simply isn't any evidence that he ever planned to do this. I mean – I agree there's not yeah. great evidence that, that he put – To me, the, it's the forensics mm-hmm. that speaks mm-hmm. most – I agree. Most strongly to it. Yeah. The rest of it's weak. I don't know yeah. that I could find him guilty of mm-hmm. first-degree murder. Now, he wouldn't get voluntary manslaughter. Voluntary manslaughter. Yeah. Blow that out your ass. The jury did find him guilty of first-degree murder. And I'm happy with yeah. that. <laughs> and they also found him guilty of tampering with evidence and for abandoning a corpse. Bo Rothwell was sentenced on July eighth, twenty twenty two. Oh my God, Brandy, this is mm-hmm. this is super, super fresh, one. fresh. Okay, yes. Jennifer's mother, Robin Van Housen, spoke via video conference at his sentencing. She said, "What are you doing over there?" I am so sorry. My Fitbit thinks that I have been on a run for an hour and a half somehow. <laughs> I took this thing off. Because I didn't you think didn't it think it went with your outfit, right? Uh-huh. So I put it in my purse. I think when we were in the car, maybe oh, it yeah. thought that I was like, yeah, you were going real going fast. balls out. I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, it just congrat. Nice work, it says. Oh, great, thank Excellent. you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. So back to this. <laughs> no, this is very important that we get um, to the bottom of this. So Jennifer's mother delivered a victim impact statement at mm-hmm. Bo's sentencing. She said. Jennifer was a bright, loving light in our world. We thought she'd found someone loving and caring to live her life with. After eight years, we started to care for and love him as well. The day we arrived in St. Louis thinking Jennifer was missing, he greeted us warmly, giving me a long hug, thanking me for everything, lying to us, lying to Jennifer's friends, his dad, his sisters and niece as he prepared to continue his life. Jennifer will never know the joy of holding her child in her arms and guiding her through life. Instead, she walked her through heaven's gate. Mm-hmm. Gone is our hope of loving and holding you, Jennifer, and your child for the rest of our lives. Gone are the moments of quiet joy you would have had with good friends and loving relatives. Jennifer will never know the ending of Kavathe's story. I don't know what that is. Oh, is that Game of Thrones? Well, okay. So then she said, the next thing she says is, nor will she know if George R. R. Martin ever writes the ending, the real ending of Game of Thrones. Oh. So. It's got to be some sci-fi. Yes, exactly. She'll never know the joy of dressing her daughter in a Halloween costume she made and taking her trick-or-treating in a matching costume. Jennifer is our beautiful baby girl. We hoped for more than 28 years with her. Instead, we spread her ashes in Missouri and Wrightsville Beach. Instead, we attended Bo's murder trial. Wow. That was very powerful. Yeah. Bo was given an opportunity to speak at his sentencing as well, and he said, 
To Jennifer's family, words cannot describe how sorry I am. This should have never happened. Weak sauce, my yeah, dude. Weak fucking sauce. Words cannot describe. Mm-hmm. Bo was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus four years for abandoning a corpse. He has said he plans to appeal. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the story Why? of the disappearance of Jennifer Rothwell. Yeah. Because he, he, he shouldn't have been. He's smart, doesn't oh, he? Oh, he does. And he believes he shouldn't have been convicted of first degree murder. I mean, I hate that I'm. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't have probably, but I'm glad somebody else did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree that the, the proof of premeditation is pretty, pretty low there. Um, but the forensic stuff, I agree with the pathologist stuff. There's also like. The school of thought that like if there really were two blows, like he could have stopped after the first blow and the fact that he went with the second blow proves that he tried to kill her, which is enough to prove premeditation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad at a first degree murder. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I think the other thing is that, you know, taping the bag around Mm -hmm. her head. I, I If you weren't sure if she was dead, you're sure now. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, there's mm-hmm. – that is yeah. you're starting and you're mm-hmm. stopping and you're continuing. Yep. So you can't argue that it's Mm-mm. just all this one fit a of red, rage. red haze of anger. Yeah, the red haze. Yeah, sure. it's a red haze. We've all been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK. I've got to look this yeah. guy up. OK. Bo – what's his last name? Rothwell. What a douchey name. <laughs> Ew. Well, gosh, she was super she cute. was super cute. Yep. Ew. You know what? She was probably the one who said to him, "Hey, sweetie, maybe you should just accept that you're going bald and, and like, shave, shave your, your head. head." Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a big improvement in his appearance after mm-hmm. he shaves the head and grows the beard, right? I'm not yes. just saying that because obviously that's the look I enjoy. <laughs> I think objectively we can look at the pictures and say oh, no that's question. an improvement in his appearance. No question whatsoever. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Can it's you imagine just... being the side piece in all this? No. And how did she manage to maintain anonym- like to stay anonymous? Um, I mean, if I I kind of like that. Oh, honestly. I do too. It's like if if she truly had nothing to do with this, which it sounds like she didn't, yeah. then there's no need to drag her, her name, name through into the mud. It, yeah, and especially it sounds like she's, she's got, got a kid. kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds like the right thing. Yeah, it's just oh, it's so it's just so heartbreaking to me because it's like just get a fucking divorce, man. Right. Get a fucking divorce. Yeah. This feels like one of those guys who's like, I'm in too deep. I'm in too Mm -hmm. deep. And if he would have just pulled his head out of his ass. Like, dude, you're 28. Yeah. You are 28. Just get a fucking divorce. Yep. Yep. You got plenty of time to make back half your assets. Like. Mm -hmm. Just get a fucking divorce. And again, I fucking hate that 
half my assets. You two have you two yeah. both have great careers. You've been building something together, together. and you get yeah. half of it. Yes. Where's the crime? Exactly. Anyway. <sighs> Boy, we kind of did a light one and a heavy one there, we didn't did. we? We did. We did. Although the dip and dots thing was upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness, Brandy. You know what we should do now? Take some questions from our Discord. I agree. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're not in the Discord, what are you doing with your life? You just got to get on our Patreon, sign up at the $5 level or higher. You get all the bonus episodes immediately. What do we got, like 33 of those? 37. Oh, 37. (laughs) Excuse me. And they are full-blown meaty boys, okay? (laughs) We're not cheating you. That's right. Ooh, I see fat legs, says Kristen. If you had a friend on 90 Day Fiance, would you want to be on the show with them as that friend they always go out to talk with? Oh, God. Would you stir up some drama? Oh, God. Oh, okay. Hmm. That is a very tough question, and I respect the question. Here's what I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be the one like, well, yeah, but have you thought about that maybe (laughs) he's not into you for you? You know, like they've got Mm -hmm. certain questions that it's like Mm -hmm. they have to ask. Yeah. Also, I'd be very worried about my hair and makeup and outfit <laughs> choice because you you really see a range on that show and I would want to be looking on point. If it were you, if you were the one yeah. who had been sucked into this, yeah. I, I mean I would – yes, I would be on. Yes. If nothing else because like I'd want to try to like – Okay. All right. What? Okay. What? So imagine I'd never met David, right? Okay. But I was like, oh my gosh. I've been talking to this guy. Uh huh. So hot. Mm-hmm. He's British. I don't know. I don't okay. watch 90 Day Fiance. So, so they can be from anywhere. Great, great. Okay. Just not America. Then it ruins yeah, the show. Yeah, exactly. He's British. <laughs> he's from um, Missouri. Yeah. He's going to move here, but we have to get married. Mm-hmm. But he's the one. I'm mm-hmm. so I'm so happy. Okay. He comes, you meet him, and it is clear. That he's not into me one bit and it's just – what do you do? He just wants me to marry him. Uh-huh. How do I know? Ooh, maybe is it just like, a feeling? No. Maybe he's like that. You know that clip that you showed me about like the one guy who's like, I mean you're going to go to the gym, right? Oh, God. Fuck <laughs> off. Almost there, lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's also – he's not just not into me. He's also just a dick. Right, 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 right. Okay. So off-camera. Yeah. I'd have off-camera conversations Uh with you about – and I'd be very gentle, very blah, blah, blah. Like the time you tried to talk me out of getting the David tattoo on my chest. Yeah, when you'd (laughs) known him for six minutes. That was a mean prank. Very rude. (laughs) Very worried for you. Everyone, she told me she was getting a David, like, chest piece. (laughs) Anyway, so off camera, very gentle. Mm-hmm. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. On camera. Are you mean to him on camera? Oh, yes. Yes. And yeah. I, I would look good while I did oh, yeah. it because it's like, this is your moment. Yeah. Okay. So I would be hilarious. Yeah. I would call him all kinds of names. Yeah. Just to make sure that the story they tell about you is not like, Oh, look at, you know, she's, yeah. it's so sad. It's yeah. more like, 
Wow. Look at what a dick this guy is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, very good. I like that. I'm, I support that very much. I have studied this show extensively. <laughs> I know exactly how to play it. <laughs> okay. I just – I don't even know what to do with this question. Hmm. Supreme Court <laughs> asks, should muffins be savory or sweet? I consider muffins to be savory. What's it? Are there? I've never had a corn muffin. That's not even that savory. Do we? Okay. Also, they spelled savory with a U in there. So oh, is okay. this a British thing? Maybe it, it is for sure. It's your British boyfriend <laughs> who is a dick. <laughs> no, I've had like savory scones. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that could be really good. So they go on and say, I love sweet muffins, but in my heart, they are just cupcakes. I mean that's fair, this but what's fair. what's wrong with a yeah. cupcake masquerading <laughs> I, as something healthier? Yeah, let's, I let's only not be. think of muffins as being sweet. I don't, and I often think of muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Barrows wants to know: We hear a lot about your guys's parents and family listening to the podcast, but how about your in-laws? Have you noticed anyone you haven't always gotten along with listening to the podcast? Like those people in high school who were bitches, but now they're listening? <laughs> um, my in-laws don't listen. I mean, thank God. Mine do. Yeah. David's mom listens occasionally. Uh-huh. David's sisters both listen regularly. Yeah. I – yeah. my It's just <laughs> – I can't imagine Norman's parents wanting to hear this much about yeah. me. I do wonder about if people that we like went to high school with listen to the pod. I mean it's such a massively successful podcast. It's so – it's gotten so that big. There's no question. <laughs> I think they'd probably be shocked by the number of dirty jokes we tell them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> a lot of dick content on this podcast. It'd be really – honestly, it'd be really funny if someone who was a douche to us in real life yeah. enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, I'd love that. Why? Mm, I don't know. I, th- I just think I'd really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone um, – You have someone in mind? So, Oh, gosh. I'm afraid mm, – yes, someone I still don't like <laughs> and who didn't like me. I know they never liked me. Um, at one point reached out and was like, congratulations on gaming a story and I think, you know, what you and Norm are doing is so cool. It's like you you didn't like either of us. <laughs> Here's another question for you, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Comrade Brandy. Comrade Brandy. Well, Comrade, yeah. Whatever. I say it fucking weird, apparently. <laughs> Back before the times of Norman, did you date any fellas or ladies shorter than you? And if so, were they or you weird about it? Have you ever dated anybody shorter than you? No, I haven't. Like Jesse Spano in that one episode of Saved by the Bell where she I'm... imagines that she just keeps growing and growing and growing. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Here's something that I thought was kind of weird. So sometimes in social situations, I have trouble being myself, like just kind of relaxing and being myself. With the short dudes, I always felt extra comfortable. So I would be myself. And so sometimes occasionally that would draw them in. (laughs) (laughs) You're feminine wiles? That's right. (laughs) 
my feminine belches. Um, Norm the other day said that I remind him of Homer Simpson a lot. That just sounds rude. I, it was. But then he listed some things and it all added up. <laughs> Also, the other day, he grilled up a bunch of chicken, and it was delicious. He thought it was too salty. I disagreed. I thought it was amazing. And I ate a bunch of it. Uh And yada, yada, yada. I ate all of it. You ate all the chicken? Yeah. And so – now, this was over the course of several days. Uh, Right. (laughs) But anyway, he he came out to the kitchen one day. He was like, what happened to the chicken? And I was like, I I ate it all. He goes, you little coyote. You are kind of a scavenger. And I'm quite quick. (laughs) (laughs) Mulissa says, do you ever look up people's houses on Zillow when you're writing addresses to send out the stickers? Because that'd be totally weird and so not something I would do. Hmm. Mm. That would be weird. That would be weird. really strange. Just like hypothetically, if – Someone who's filling addressing the cards. <laughs> yeah, who we have we've hired someone uh, to do that, right? That. It was, it's Sometimes not someone at this table. They see an address that mm-hmm. like sparks some interest, and they'll look it up occasionally. <laughs> like say, someone lives on like Sleepy Hollow Drive. <laughs> Got to know what that house looks like. In our defense, you're asking for it. <laughs> um, you could have lived anywhere. You chose Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow, Hollow Drive. Drive. We're supposed to not look or say there's. Two addresses, you know, like five oh my God. people apart that sound like they must be like right down the street from each other. Sometimes look that up. Everyone. This is a true story <laughs> of two strangers <laughs> who are both members of our Patreon <laughs> and who live in the same apartment building. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible because yeah. it's creepy yeah. that we've put it together. Yep. But we feel like it'd be even creepier to reach out to the people and be like, but, okay, you two should be but friends. there's two people – like I want to know if you know each other. There's also two very nice houses in a very nice neighborhood in Utah that are both patrons and I want to know if they know each other. <laughs> Okay, is this going to scare people off from joining our Patreon? Should we cut this whole thing? Okay, here's okay. Here's my creepy thing. So I'm not the one who addresses the mm-hmm. cards. Yeah, somebody else does that. Yeah, we we don't know who. I'm not sure who. Somebody else. We outsource that uh-huh. to uh, out-of-work supermodel, you know, when she's not on the <laughs> runway. Anyway. Randy Began. <laughs> so I will occasionally see addresses just yeah. because, like, I'm doing Supreme Court inductions, have to look people up, whatever. Let me tell you something. If you live in the Kansas City metro area and you are a patron, Mm -hmm. I've obviously looked you Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Why did I say it so aggressively? I don't know. That sounds really creepy. I don't do it in a creepy way. not in a creepy way. It's like a totally normal way for someone you don't know to look up your address and be like, oh. Also, you gave us your address. how like okay nine times out of ten when a company gets your address there your fear is oh they're gonna sell it to somebody it's gonna be like some weird data no not it's just not us (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna google your house (laughs) also there are two patrons who live in a very small town in idaho that my grandma lives in 
So, <laughs> so there you go. See how close it looks so, to Grandma. <laughs> why don't you two show up at Brandy's grandma's? <laughs> The other thing is that sometimes I have to look up international addresses because I'm like, wait, does that go on the same line or does that go on a different line? Oh, yeah. Not not being not, creepy at no, all. Not That's at all. Just it's for science. Business. Yeah. Also, you should know we're not judging the houses. I know we always judge the murderers' no. houses in these stories, but we're really no. not. Ooh. Olive Garden Sommelier wants to know, one has to go, condiments or utensils? I know Brandy hates sauces, but no condiments at all or no utensils? Mm, I don't like sticky hands, so I know I'd probably go no condiments. I would too, but I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> it would bother me way less than it. Would I know, bother you. I know. Because <laughs> my first thought is: is salad dressing a condiment? Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think so. But then it's like, well, I'm not going to eat. Yeah, a salad. Dry salad. With, no, I'm not going to eat a wet salad oh, with, with my your hands. hands. Yeah. What are you, fucking bear? <laughs> I am not. Thank you for asking. <laughs> what is this? Do you know what this is? What? Tiffany asked, are you on Be Real? I joined, but none of my friends are on there yet, so I'm just sending crap to myself. Tiffany, did you invent a new social media what site? I've never even are heard we, this. We're so old that we don't know stuff's even being invented? Well, if none of... Okay, be real. Okay, well, there's an American rapper named Be Real. Be real. Why Be Real is breaking out? Be Real is a French social media app released in 2020. Oh, it's popular primarily with Gen Z. Oh, yeah, that's why we don't know about it. No, we're not on it because we're old. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> It's a photo app. Yeah, you can catch me on MySpace. <laughs> Got a hot new music <laughs> uploaded to my page. Yep. Just click on my page. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, two-time jury alternate says, Brandy, how often do you shampoo? I only shampoo my hair like every four to five days. Why did you act like that was? I think some people might think sexy that's kind secret. Of like, I don't think it's a sexy secret. I think it kind of sounds like a gross secret. Mm. But I, my hair's really trained. Yeah, explain what you mean. How do you so train your dragon? You train how to train your dragon. Okay, so the less you wash your hair, the less oil your hair produces. The longer you can go without shampooing your hair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my hair's very used to going four to five days without being shampooed. My oil production is pretty minimal. I only have to use dry shampoo typically on like the. Th- third or fourth day and fun fact this also works for your butthole i have trained no. my butthole I, to, <laughs> no. No, you gotta watch your body you gotta watch your body in between it sounds like you're not training your body <laughs> <laughs> okay winston the corgi i don't like the tone of this question <laughs> Do you use or have a favorite micellar water? This may be primarily for Kristen because we know Brandy doesn't have a 37-step skin routine like some of us. Yeah, she has no steps. (laughs) I do use micellar water, though. Yeah. I do. Every four days. Yeah. Morning (laughs) after I've slept with it on. Brandy. I I like the Garnier waterproof one. Okay. Just one swipe takes it right off. Do you wear waterproof mascara? No. Mm. Okay. 
I do wear waterproof eyeliner, but not waterproof mascara. See, in the summertime, when the summer, weather is summer, <laughs> how do we both start launching into <laughs> different summer songs? Anyway, this is not interesting at all. Bottom line cool. is, um, my my waterproof mascara is working overtime. <laughs> So, Brandy, um, what is your skincare routine? You seem offended, so you obviously must have quite the routine. Okay. Tell us how it goes. So, in the morning, mm-hmm. when I wake up, <laughs> before I put on my makeup. Um, but you already have on your makeup. I take off yesterday's makeup with either a cotton round Mm-hmm. Soaked in micellar water mm-hmm. or a Neutrogena skin wipe. Mm-hmm. Face wipe. Skin wipe sounds gross. <laughs> That's what I call toilet paper. <laughs> Norm, we're out of skin wipes. <laughs> and then I put on Neutrogena Hydro Boost uh-huh. moisturizer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the whole routine. <laughs> and how long until you put on a new layer of makeup? The what? Immediate, like right after that, usually. So you. Uh, oh God! Everyone, like, yeah. I wake up. If, the- it's a good thing we're not on video. <laughs> People would riot if they saw how beautiful your skin is, and they heard that that's your routine. <laughs> I wipe her down. Yeah, hose her off. Slap on some yeah. moisturizer, and then the makeup goes, goes right back, back on. on. Yeah, most days. Oh, you, you mix it up, do you? Some days I don't put the makeup on. Which days? If I don't have to like do anything, <laughs> not if I have to go to work. If I'm going to work, full face. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. But I have moved away from doing like a real foundation. I just do like a tinted moisturizer. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Everyone, you never know what you're getting with this lady. That's right. She's she's wearing navy blue today. I am black. wearing she navy is blue. Ch- 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 changing. We got to do Supreme Court inductions. We got a fucking oh, Zoom shit. call to get on. Oh, what shit. What are we doing? I don't know. I was enjoying it. <laughs> I was too. Oh, God. Oh, shit. I'm not even on the right page. Uh, I am. Uh, 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 I'm DJing all the way to the bottom. Everyone, um, to get inducted on this podcast, you sign up at the $7 level or higher on Patreon. We are still reading your names and favorite cookies until the end, end of, time. of time. People have made suggestions for other topics. We don't to that, Kristen them. says, fuck off. <laughs> I don't. It's just that I'm lazy and I like cookies. Karen Creasy. Snickerdoodle. Lizzie J. Homemade chocolate chip. Taylor B. Soft sugar cookies with extra frosting. Carly Ventry. Chocolate chip with flaky salt. Don Barnhart. Chocolate chip. Cammy Higley. Sugar cookie with peppermint frosting. Ooh, that sounds good. Steve Lunny. Slightly charred chocolate chip. I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I don't think I would cook cookies, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I like an undercook cookie. Steve's like, I thought you asked for my favorite. (laughs) Katie Soir. Salted caramel chocolate chip. Brittany Cannon. Goody Girl. Gluten-free thin mint knockoffs. Oh, yeah. We learned what these Goody Girls are. They're the gluten-free cookies. They're not an international version of Girl Scout cookies, as I assume. <laughs> Nicole McCarl. Any homemade cookie that is full of butter. Mm-hmm. Samantha Chandler. Oatmeal raisin. Nikki Rout. No bake cookies for Ms. Rout. <laughs> Ellie Wiltgen. Crunchy homemade chocolate chip. Why are they crunchy? 
Jeez, that mean because is that because slightly charred? Him? Yeah, because Steve <laughs> overcooked him, and Ellie's like, "Hey, Steve." <laughs> <laughs> Tammy Thornlow. Tim Tams. Biting opposite corners off and sucking coffee through them. Oh, oh okay. That sounds right, like a good way right. to go. Don Clement. M&M cookies. Kelly T. Panera's kitchen sink cookie. Ananda. A really soft and buttery chocolate chip. Ooh, Ashley. Crumbles Fruity Pebbles cookie. Shit, that sounds good. Welcome to the Supreme Court. Oh my gosh, turbo speed. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, thank you everyone for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. Wow. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Please remember to subscribe <laughs> to the podcast wherever you listen and then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. Then be sure to join us next week when we will be... <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I knew it so fast. I can... We'll be our experts on all the time. <laughs> On two whole new topics. I'm sorry, I didn't. I said turbo speed. I didn't know you really had a turbo speed. I did. I think I did that pretty good. <laughs> and now for a note about our process. Wait! I, what? Podcast and shoot! Podcast and shoot! How ironic that now we've taken more time. <laughs> And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. I got my info from an episode of How I Built This titled Dippin' Dots, colon, Kurt Jones. The article, Is Dippin' Dots Still the Ice Cream of the Future? by K. Annabelle Smith for Smithsonian Magazine. It's a knockoff of Smithsonian. <laughs> Smithsonian's Magazine. <laughs> and newspapers.com. I got my info from articles for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Fox 2 Now, Spectrum News, and CBS News. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.